up nicely. It's the Drew and Fuse Show. The Drew and Fuse Show. The Drew and Fuse Show. You have to clean up nicely. What's up, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here watching this new intro because it's season three and I haven't seen the all the new clips still. So I'm still amazed every time I watch it and I just got caught looking like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> uh, Josh Bunks, what's happening? Welcome everybody to season three, episode three of season three. Is it episode three of season it is. three? It is, yeah. Uh, okay. uh, Kevin I'll Scott, word for it. Melody, and... Our special guest, we won't announce just yet, even though you can see the flyer or you clicked on it because of that. We're going to keep it yeah. a secret until we announce him. One thing is that we've got to mention, but when this podcast airs, there'll be about 10 or 11 days left to get some of the new limited run merch we posted through our bonfire store. Uh, it is a drop ship uh, thing. So if you're interested in order, we, we did like the, uh, what is it? Like the Supreme logo with the Vans font. This time around, uh, again, there'll be like 11 days left to get that if you guys want some. Limited run. You know, it, it helps support the show a little bit, uh, pay some of these fees to keep keep it going. If there's a, a logo you'd like to see us rip off for the next run of shirts, <laughs> uh, let us know. <laughs> um, well, the last couple episodes have been doing great. Everyone's been tuning in, so we really appreciate you guys um we got a new sponsor i wanted to mention is uh create hackers if you guys haven't checked them out check them out their app is fantastic their new app is it dropping right now has it dropped i don't think the new one dropped dropped yet but one of the things that i want to bring up uh about it is that i was just texting back and forth with dj demand today shout out to demand he's uh djing my wedding and i sent him a bunch of playlists because i'm a bridezilla and uh you know he was like i'm using crate hackers i just took all the spotify playlist you sent me and it converted it to where i can download them on the record pools and then i just hit download so that's a pretty cool feature uh that yeah. they have there i mean so, that's not even uh that's that that's not even the f version four yet and version four has 10 times more shit right. on it so pretty amazing well yeah. i think that's about uh i don't know i don't no, know much about this one. For you. And oh we you do okay. talk about it we haven't got to talk about it because of the way we recorded the last couple episodes, but how was your New Year's Eve? Did you have a good New Year's Eve? Oh, it's amazing. Super fun. Everyone's in a good mood. It was a good night. Good it was a good room. I played heat and it's crazy. It was fun. Nothing you brought good. the heat. That heat. <laughs> Actually, I could do no wrong. I could have played the Macarena, it would have done well. It didn't matter. Everything was going good. But did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, how was yours what did you do i was it was good i was at uh the old fishbowl we had a line out the door all night pretty much and uh it was good no problems it was a you know i feel like you know when you do those like five hour new year's eve sets that like i kind of milk it between <laughs> you know the 9 p.m and the actual midnight and then like to me what matters the most is that next hour. Do you feel the same way? Oh yeah, hundred percent. That last hour uh, is is key because everyone you got about twenty minutes before everyone starts leaving. <laughs> yeah, so you got to um, keep that part good if you want to yeah. keep like the crowd good. I feel like you yeah, know? and they're already there. They're not leaving yeah. before midnight, so you know. Yeah, 
yeah, that first that first couple hours you could do no wrong is what I meant. But after that, yes. Any New Year's resolutions for you? 2024 is going to be your year. I'm calling it here. Right oh, now. no. Fuck calling any years. No calling any years. This is the <laughs> just straight line. Nothing good, ha- bad or uh, nothing bad or good happens. That's it. That's I don't want nothing. I just want it to be <laughs> super boring. The boringest year ever. Well, you know, 2023 was definitely eventful and, uh, <laughs> you know, too eventful. <laughs> you you have a big event coming up. You're getting married, so that's your 2024. But after yeah. that, what what other resolutions you got? Take out the trash, do the dishes, take out the papers and the trash. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I this year I don't have like as any. Uh, I feel like I don't have any big super goals. But um, personally, you know, we opened the bar last year and. Um, at the end towards the end of the year and um uh, when it opened more we collectively want to open more you know and uh so by the end of the year i would like to have like the next spot kind of picked out and kind of the concept and you know that would be a personal goal of like kind of moving forward with that you know and uh, you know we're we've kind of got uh all the kinks worked out at red leprechaun now to where i feel like um you know everything's running pretty smooth. Um, we're still getting there, but you know, in the next month or two, I feel like we're going to be in a really good spot and baseball season starts, you know, uh, up and things are going to be busy in that part of town here. So, um, that's like the the main goal I feel like for, for 2024 for me. Nice and simple and basic. (laughs) Yeah. Basic, just another, you know, couple million dollar project. (laughs) basic and just uh, easy uh the other thing i'd like to do is 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 do a little more traveling this year uh with the gigs i feel like i didn't even come out to you at all last year just because everything was so busy you know so, the beginning that's... no you did i think it was january i think you just don't remember but it was early in the year i thought no we did uh we just did vegas early in the year last year january was two years ago Oof. I know. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> there it is. All right. So moving forward with, with today, we've got a great guest for you guys. Uh, he's a Phoenix native now living in LA. He's lived in LA for a while now. Uh, he was the winner of the Steve Aoki uh, and Rockstar Energy Drinks next on the Dex contest. He's held residencies all across the United States and is still traveling and DJing quite a bit. Uh, he was one of the early members on uh, DJ Am's booking agency, Dexstar. He's an art lover, and it shows through his own personal branding. Uh, please help us welcome Fashion. Drew Infused, you guys clean up good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a really good intro. <laughs> Thanks, Thank dude. You. Yeah, I, um, when I watched that, and then you said, "Oh yeah, that's a new intro." We've just seen it for the first time. I was like, "Damn, that was really good." Our uh, DJ Phrase, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's up in Seattle. He wrote and sang and uh, produced the whole thing. Sorry, it was really from, good. From I it. Yeah, <laughs> right on. And then Rod, our our other friend, he just re-edited it all. So like the video, all the video footage is new. Uh, it was okay. different the last time so yeah he updated it so i was yeah, like kind of like oh i haven't watched this enough like uh, you know 
Well, dude, we're stoked to talk uh, talk to you today. Um, happy New Year, thanks, guys. Yeah, Happy New Year. Um, so much good stuff. We want to. We got a new branding intro. We want to talk to you about you know your branding and your art and all of that is so integral to your you know <clears throat> part of your DJing. But I was very blown away just doing research today. So definitely want to talk about that. <clears throat> you want to start kick off with that fuse, or do you want to kick off with the music? Well, do you want me to kick off with the uh, a new segment video, and then we'll, yeah. we'll ask some questions? All right. So I don't know if you know this about the show, but we have these amazing, high-quality segment videos. So we're going to start with a brand new one, never, never before seen. I love and it. And then we'll talk some questions. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, punk. Are Drew and Fuse going to ask me six questions or only five? Now, to tell you the truth, I forgot myself and all this excitement. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and will blow your head clean off, you could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? <laughs> Dirty Harry. <laughs> that's the new one i mean you couldn't even tell he he gave us the shout out in there it was seamless it's so good <laughs> uh so drew what was the first thing you wanted to ask do whatever you want we'll just start with this is there any music that you're into right now personally you know what's kind of crazy i know uh there's like this buzz on the whole like saltburn soundtrack lately since the movie came out and it's like basically features a lot of music from like the 2007 to like 2012 like independent rock era and um i'm getting a handful of requests for a couple of the records on there uh princess superstar and then uh uh sophie ellis baxter i think her name is um uh, murder on the dance floor and uh so last night I, I got back in town from atlantic city uh yesterday morning i was out there saturday night i went online just to see if the uh soundtrack was available and there is no soundtrack it's just the music score so i found a website blog who basically uh went through the whole movie and they um basically documented each song as it played through the movie and uh listed the songs so i went so i spent about like two hours yesterday finding all those records and like uh, I had a couple of them already uh, arcade fire block party records stuff like that but um and just really listening to them back to back and I was like this was like a vibe like I remember uh, I remember most of the songs a couple of songs I didn't really know but uh but I was like I'm into this like this is this is this is such a good way to just start the new year like listening to something completely fresh and like open from like even though it's older music um it was just nice to listen to something that's not like on the radio right now um not in the club right now and it just kind of like reset so i'm gonna go ahead and uh and uh give my little shout out to the salt burn soundtrack for now i'm into that yeah. right now actually that murder on the dance floor was my biggest record of the whole weekend i That's played awesome. it i had so many requests for it and i was they're like this is a really old song can you just play it i'm like fuck i, I actually downloaded it and threw it on and it killed yeah it was, yeah yeah, yeah, I started trying to edit last time for it, just to like try to like give it a little like, all right, well, how can I like maybe bring it into the future just a little bit? But it was, I was kind of like, it kind of is perfect the way it is. So yeah, I don't know. Totally but agree. That's awesome. I love it. I love that people are actually like into it. Well, it has like the disco vibe, Dua Lipa ish <clears throat> deal, right? It fits right into her records, you know. Oh yeah. Well, it was like one seventeen, so 
And then just, I saw actually like a, I think like just running through my, my Instagram reels over the weekend too. Uh, Princess Superstar actually like posted like that, that, you know, the song from the movie is actually charting again. Yep. Which is yep, amazing. Baby. Love that when that old song, it's like when uh, the dude did the Fleetwood Mac uh, uh, thing with the cranberry juice. And then it was yeah. like, the record was bigger than it ever was when it came out, you yeah. know, based on that thing. So I love stuff like that. It's really dope. Yeah. You had a funny video. Uh, I think your video went kind of viral. You had a little funny video that you did with the, with the cranberry with, with the uh, Tito's bottle. And the Tito's yeah. bottle. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, I got about like 14,000 views, I think, <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, that we were right in the stick in the pandemic still. And it was just, you know, I was drinking every day and I was like, you know what, right. Let me do something fun. And the craziest part is a lot of people were like, that's fake. Like that's water in that bottle. It was not, it was not fake. There was actually Tito's in that bottle. And uh, I recorded it the street behind the building I live in. And uh, it was hot that day. I remember it was very hot. And I was like, what am I doing out here? Like drinking this in the like sun. And I, I got about, I was probably out there for about 30 minutes and I had to walk home because <laughs> at that point I, I kept tugging it. And at that point I couldn't skate back home. I had to walk home. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Living it. It's it's mind blowing to me that how, like how many of the like how TikTok and you know just movies are really affecting the the, the charts anymore. Yeah. You know, uh, it's crazy to think like you know if you would have been in the studio while they're recording that song and been like you know what in thirty or forty years from now some <laughs> random dude is going to be on a skateboard drinking cranberry juice and it's going to make your song go viral and yeah. they would be like what the fuck are you talking about well the, i think for that specific thing too is uh just looking at that gentleman you don't he doesn't look like a guy that would know the lyrics to any fleetwood mac song <laughs> right i was like singing along with it and i'm like i i mean that's just that's what i love i mean it, i love that people of you know the of diversity just anything like you can be into any kind of music and then you know, music speaks to everyone, so awesome. that's what I'm loving about DJing right now is just that it's bringing all these old songs back into the forefront. You know, yeah. so totally. Really? Uh, it, is there um, one of the things we like to ask? And you know, it doesn't have to be exact. We always call it Serato Top Five, but um, just any notable mentions of like the top five tracks, and it doesn't have to be exact but that you've played over the years that are like something that you've played all the time in your sets over the last year uh, last year your career doesn't matter um one of my go-to's pretty much every show i play sade uh smooth operator i don't care when it could be in the middle of the set could be early in the set could be at the end of the set um i always play that record um what else <laughs> is it uh, is it like a custom edit or a version or just the original um, sometimes I'll play the original and then, uh, uh, my buddy arcade hit me with a, uh, one that it kind of a, a little more housey remix that he was working on. And then, uh, yeah. and I, I don't know if you ever finished it. It's still listed in my, uh, in my, um, in my folder as, uh, 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 uh idea, um, like as an unfinished idea, but I'm like, oh, it sounds pretty finished to me. I'd be running it like all the time. Yeah. Uh, so that's one record. Um, um, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm sure there are more that I like run all the time, but, uh, um, you know, it's, those are your basic, like just club records. Um, I'm trying to like rediscover like some older things and that are working in the clubs again. And, um, you know, I, um, recently played, uh, 
um, what was it? Panic at the Disco, High Hopes. Um, yeah. Played that one in a while. My buddy in Atlantic City, um, he played it over the weekend too. I was like, dude, I just played that, like the original version, like um, uh, like a few weeks ago. And then he played like a remix over the weekend. I was like, damn, that was actually really dope. So, um, you know, Drew, you obviously play at uh, Bungalow. Um, yeah. I started to play Bungalow a few times. And uh, uh, I love that because I can actually get to play some more of those records. So I think having that venue um, to be able to play those records is kind of like opening that up again for me, which I really love because most of the venues I play, it's either all the current hip hop and with, you know, you know, a few of the older hits sprinkled in or more of the dance music with some hip hop sprinkled in. And that ven one venue is, you know, allowed me to like do just those things, play those records. Yeah. Okay, these have been sitting on deck. Now I'm finally being able to like put them into the game, you know? Right, hundred so, percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I played that uh, Sophie Ellis uh, "Murder on the Dance Floor" like peak hour. So I was like, "Fuck it," you know, no one's going anywhere. And yeah, it just killed. It was so good. So yeah. I love being able to just throw in some random stuff and no one's going anywhere. You know? It's, yeah. It's well, awesome. Other than that, there's like a couple. Like I know there's a. a, a fairly newer um it's probably been out for a few months a peekaboo record called i've been thinking I, I like to play that one it's a dance record um i don't know it's it's you know a lot of edits uh some ballads edits um uh what else i don't know it, it, it's tough it's tough well, you're you're an editor and you just started your own patreon right so you're you're actually putting a lot of this custom stuff out yeah well you know, I've been, I had no lie. Like when the pandemic started, like I actually made an OnlyFans and uh, was for music. And um, okay. literally my very first post got flagged for uploading a song. And I was like, okay, this ain't going to work, obviously. Uh, post number yeah. one was out. So I was like, all right. And then, uh, and then I was like, okay, well, this isn't probably going to work anywhere. And then I started to see some of the other uh, DJs were doing the Patreon or Patreon um, pages. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And then I thought, well, because I've been doing music, uh, most of my edits uh, have been going up um, with my buddies over at Headliner Music Club, and then, uh, yeah. but a lot of a lot of a lot of problems with some of the edits too is, um, um, and I'm sure most of the music service encounter is uh, certain record labels don't allow any of uh, some of the music to be uploaded, even if they're like remixed or edited uh, without like approval. So, uh, so I was I was sitting on like all these like songs and stuff, and still like even making certain things that were like. I'm not able to put up and I'm like, well, I'm just sitting on these. Like if I can, if I can generate a little bit of income on them, why yeah. not? Um, Cause again, it just, it's been a really wonky, like 2023 was a really wonky year. I feel like, you know, everyone got screwed in the, excuse me, the pandemic. And then we came out and everything kind of like jumped back into motion again. And then uh, um, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, like 2023 was really rocky. It started out kind of good, kind of ended on a sour note. And so I'm like, all right, what can I do to like basically jumpstart 2024 again? I was like, you know what? Let me start putting these edits out like on my own site and do some things. Cause there's other, there's other things I like to do, like uh, little DJ tools that are, some things are like 30 seconds long. They're just little yeah. things to like, that help me. Like I, a lot of times I'll make things that work for me and for my sets. And I'm like, all right, well, if it helps me, then maybe someone else can do it. But, um, but since some of them are not like full on songs, could you just be like intro, outro and just like a little some kind of like segue or something i'm like all right let me let me throw some of these in there and um and uh and do this page and so far you know i don't have like a ton of subscribers I've got about like 17 i think 17 or 18 subscribers hey. but it's only enough for two weeks so yeah that's huge. 
So uh, um, yeah, feel free to come on over there and uh, and see. But like whatever I do for the um, um, uh, for this for like uh, Headliner Music Club is not on my site, and whatever I do on my site is not over there. So it's two separate things. So if you're a member there, you'll get something there. If you're a member there, you get something totally different there. And uh, yeah, just trying to like you know keep churning out stuff. And then uh, the goal this year or two is to like uh, make some more new music, and uh, that will be going up on my site as well. So. I was just going to ask you that if you had any plans for uh, new, because I know you did like a disco thing. It was like 2012 ish. Yeah. yeah, I did a, um, I did a, um, an EP called uh, So Complete, and um, it, uh, it was like I, I did. I just pulled some. I, uh, it's so crazy. Here, here's, I, I had um, when I first moved ten to LA, years ago. Is that crazy? <laughs> yeah, I, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, when I first moved to LA. Literally, like six months in, my um, my motherboard on my on my computer totally crashed, and I lost like not only all my music library, but I lost like family photos that I never got back, like things like that. And uh, I was just like in the swamp. And then, uh, thankfully, uh, my brothers Steve Wonder, Spider, Morse Code, DJ Mike B, or the Mike B. Uh, they all came to my rescue and um, they basically all gave me their library. So I went from having like no records to like 60,000 songs. I was like, all right, how am I going to navigate through all this stuff? But um, I did. I got some pretty cool crates and um, amongst them was uh, uh, this soul crate. And like I just put all these soul records together and um, I just started listening to some songs. And there were some songs in there. I was like, man, I don't I, I don't remember these records. Or I've never heard some of these records. And. So I did. I started listening to the ones that I never heard of. I was like, all right, well, I already know that one, but I don't know this one. Let me let me listen to that one. And I, I started to pull samples out of records that I never heard before yeah. and um, that I just didn't know. I'm sure other people knew them, but I didn't know them. And um, and uh, at that point, I was really into like trying to like make music and um, was still learning. And that that was actually the first project that I ever put together. Um, I had made a couple um, uh, songs in the prior to that, but it was just kind of whatever. Um, and then that, uh, that was released on Fool's Gold. Uh, no, that one was actually released on Young Robot Records, which was uh, oh. put together by uh, DJ Ayers from the Rub DJs. Okay. And, um, and then uh, then there was a remix EP of that, uh, which featured The Mike B, Solid Disco, uh, Sammy Bananas. Um, somebody else did uh, one of them. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but uh, uh, but it was really fun. It was really cool, and they uh, you know, and they just everybody remixed a different song and just the, uh, the outcome was pretty cool. And, um, it's still up on Spotify. It's funny because, you know, at the end of the year, everybody posts those, the art, all the artists post those Spotify lists of like how yeah. many listeners they have, whatever. And, you know, like I went on and just looked and I mean, I still got like, you know, like 14, 15,000 listens on those records that are, you know, 12 years old. And I was like, that's cool. Like people are still listening to those records. So I thought that was cool. But at that's that huge. time, you know, it was, it was like, when I was making those records, it was like uh, that was the Dirty Dutch era. And um, yeah. it was uh, <laughs> what I like to make really wasn't like no one was booking me off that stuff. And um, so people were like, oh, you got to make records that sound like Chucky and, you know, things like that. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I was like, this is what I kind of want to I want to make. And it's kind of like you either like it or you don't. And then uh, it got to a point where I was just putting so much time into like doing that because I was kind of learning as I went along. And, um, you know, I made a couple records after that. And then um, I did I put out a record called Dunce with Fool's Gold and then um, which actually sampled my buddy Mike B. 
and uh, DJ Mike, or the, I keep saying DJ Mike B, the <laughs> Mike B. And um, I did, I had him uh, come over and I he did a thing in the, in the microphone and um, put the whole thing together. And it, it, I feel like the record works better today than it did then. Oh, but, um, yeah, so that's why I'm kind of like more now like, okay, well maybe the records okay. I was making then kind of, if, if I want to restart that, kickstart that style up again, it, I feel like it kind of works a little bit better today. Totally. So, yeah. The disco am stuff is like, big, I feel like. Yeah. Am I going to be the next John Summit? Probably not. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, the, the vibes, you know, like I feel like more people are so more open to playing different things like that, like in different settings. You know, back then, too, like there weren't a lot of like DJs that were doing like a lot of like lounges and all these other smaller spots. It was just like you're either in like your local your local bar or you're in like the big club. And I feel like now it's like there's a DJ everywhere now. I mean, shit. I went someplace the other day and they had a DJ. I was like, why is there a DJ here? <laughs> like, I forget what it was. I, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, they got a DJ. Okay. Uh, a random, but all right. So in Denny's, it was in Denny's. <laughs> Man, they need to put some DJs up at Denny's. <laughs> so do you have a, uh, a favorite, uh, remixer or producer or just somebody in music in general that you're always like, Oh, I really like all their stuff. Um, I mean, as far like on a, on a big level, like I really love Chris Lake. I think, I think, you know, I, I had the pleasure of DJing with him once at um, Dre's here in Hollywood. Um, probably like 2013, 2014 when, uh, um, after AM passed, they basically kind of took, um, um, the banana split Sunday concept and they, they it's banana split stopped, but then about six to eight months later, they kind of, um, the guys at Dimac, they kind of picked up the concept and a little bit and they moved it over to, uh, uh, Dre's, uh, cause it was, it was a new club at the time. And, um, uh, um, and it might've even have been a little bit earlier. It might've been like 2011 or something. I don't know. Anyway. Um, and so there, um, they were bringing in like I opened for Zed. Zed was like nobody at the point. Um, no. um, I, you know, I got to play with legend Arthur Baker. Um, uh, Chris Lake again was one of them. And at the time, Dylan Francis was the lighting guy at Dre's. Now he's like yeah. you know, huge. Um, so yeah, so I was DJing that night, and Dylan Francis was doing my lights. It's crazy, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, but even just Chris Lake, his style has like kind of like evolved over the years. And um, um, I just think the guy's a genius. And so like anything Chris Lake, I'm like, got to hear it, got to hear it. He just he's got a new record, uh, uh, Chemical Brothers remix coming out uh, on oh. Friday. I was listening to it earlier. I was like, dude, this guy is just so incredible. So uh, that he's he's one of my favorites. Yeah, I heard uh, uh, Spider's podcast with uh, Dylan Francis, and they were talking about him doing the lights and quitting on the spot, and then going to work for uh, the group later. It was just cracking yeah. me up. <laughs> he, he's a good dude. He's he's funny, but he's also a really genuinely nice nice guy. And yeah, um, yeah I'm very happy for his success. Yeah. Uh, one of the things he talked about, and I think that you talked about. Uh, recently is that you've quit drinking, correct? Yeah. It's, uh, I'm going on 17 months now. Um, um, the, you know, I, I would say, thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, it, uh, honestly, I feel great. Um, I was a, uh, um, I was a late bloomer when it came to alcohol. Like, you know, um, I didn't start drinking till probably like 
you know, 23, 24 years old. And then, uh, cause it just never a thing for me. And then, um, um, but I'm, I'm a casual drinker. Um, and, uh, I, I really enjoyed it, but during the pandemic, I think, um, everybody abused it, whether they thought they were or weren't. Um, and then, uh, it got to a point where, um, when I was doing my, my Twitch streams on my Sunday night, uh, um, show that I was, uh, I could almost empty an entire like handle of Tito's in one night, which is not a good look. And then I did, I had a scare. I had to go to the uh, doctor and he was like, dude, he goes, you need to stop drinking like right now. And, uh, that was it. I literally, that was, that was the last time I took a sip. So, um, yeah, but I feel great. And, uh, yeah, it was, like I said, you know, it was a challenge at first kind of like, man, how am I going to like, how do I get it? How do I, vibe with people on the dance floor if i'm not in the same euphoric state that they are because when you're drinking and they're drinking everyone hears the music kind of the same but when you're sober and someone else drinking everything it's it's different you know and so it's like how do i uh but whatever you know how do i maintain that but after a few gigs everything was like good to go yeah Yeah. What, what do you think was the the biggest like challenge getting over the hump with that uh uh with the crowds or just in general, like, uh, I guess what I'm asking is like, let's say I was going to stop drinking tomorrow. What would be like the best piece of advice you would give to like get through it? I think it's, it, there's two, there's, I feel like there's two separate things. Like for me, I always drank for fun. Like I didn't need alcohol. Like I've never been one where I was like, I need to have a drink. I need to have a drink. And I know some people right. struggle with that. They need to have a drink. Like they have to have a drink. Um, for me, it wasn't like that. As soon, like I said, as soon as the doctor was like, you got to stop right now. I was like, all right, yeah, no problem. All good. Uh, but for somebody else that might need that, they might, uh, it might be a lot harder for them. Um, um, I think just kind of projecting your interest in something different. Um, for me, it was cookies. More cookies. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I've definitely put on a few pounds this year, uh, that I'm, uh, you know, will hopefully take off this year. Uh, or last year, <laughs> this year, but, uh, but uh, yeah, you know, and I don't think that was intentional. Um, it just kind of like happened. I was just like, I felt my, found myself eating more sweets. Well, but, uh, I stopped drinking for two months and, uh, I started eating ice cream and candy bars. I'm like, I don't even eat that shit now, but you just, the sweet tooth kicks in like yeah. high, high gear. Well, not only that, but like when you're drunk or like when you, whatever, like most of the time it, you, you're not. Like, I never thought of food. Like, I was never a big foodie when I was drunk. I know a lot of people, like, they get drunk and then they go to the after hours and they eat food and whatever. I never really did that. And so it was like, okay, now here's this, like, extent of time where I normally would be drunk and DJing or even just, like, passed out or doing whatever. And then now I'm not. It was like, what do I do right now? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe have a candy bar. Maybe have a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Or two or five. (laughs) um, But... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think it's just different for everybody, but I think um, um, if you're focused, it's it's like anything. If you're focused on it, um, you can definitely accomplish it. And um, I know I've I've always struggled with uh, um, I've always struggled with like my weight. Like um, I'm not as big as I ever was. I was pushing 300 pounds at one point. Um, right now I'm about like 210. Um, but that was years ago. That was like in 2000. And, um, but I've been as low as like 175. And so I'm like trying to get back to that point. And I do, I tell myself, I'm like, okay, if you can stop drinking for 17 months, you can definitely like make, make that other goal. And, um, 
So that's kind of like one of my focuses this year. And uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's keeping that mindset, like basically just focused. You, you yeah, have, to, right. you have to stay on top of it because if you veer away from it, then, you know, now one day, one day turns into, uh, you know, weeks, months. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly I, it. I, it's awesome. I admire you for it. It's a, it's such a, uh, I feel like it's a, a challenging thing within this industry to be comfortable enough to not do it, you know, uh, out and especially traveling. And, you know, yeah. I feel like, you know, when you travel, you have this need sometimes to where it's like, you gotta not only be the DJ, but the entertainer for the people that are booking you yeah. or this and that, and that it, it becomes a challenge. Yeah. Well, even like, you know, like I said, Saturday I was in Atlantic City and as soon as I landed, you know, the uh, the contact there in at uh, um, Full After Dark was like, hey, you know, uh, what what bottle do you want with and mixers do you want, you know, uh, at your booth tonight? And and I said, you know, um, I'm alcohol free at the moment. I go, but if you have clients in uh, in the area that, you know, might want to come up, whatever, I was like, feel free to just put something in there for them to enjoy as well. I was like, but I'm good with just water. And um, yeah. so it's, but it's, it's never been tempting for me and the people that mm -hmm. are there to like uh, have fun and be around me. Like I want them to have fun still. And, you know, right. Um, so I'm, I'm still always down, you know, every, every time I play, if, if, you know, when, when they bring on my rider, you know, has a bottle, I always kind of like ask the people that I know are going to be ahead of time. Like you guys want tequila or you guys want vodka, one or the other, tell me. And then I always make sure that they're good to go. So, right. Uh, one of the things Drew and I wanted to talk to you about is branding. We got this. We got this. Uh, <laughs> this stupid branding video we're gonna play, and then we'll get to it. Psych <laughs> to brand my first cow. Here you are, Peter. All fired up and ready to go. Oh! Oh yes! Yes! Oh! Oh! Hang on a second. <laughs> Branding. Oh my god. That's so placeholder. It's a placeholder. Place but Drew uh... <laughs> says we're gonna get a custom brand made of our logo and then send it to somebody to take a video branding something. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a placeholder for now, but we I was I I was thinking about it because I was going over your stuff and one, your website's fantastic. It's it's very it impressive. Is really good. And thank you. And I, and you're also your logos have always been good. You're always like redoing your logos, and I've always been impressed by that. So um I don't know how I want to start this question, but maybe um maybe if we could talk about um how do you want to ask this question, Fuse? Well, I kind of want to ask it without asking it because I feel like there are people who really get it and there are people who don't get it at all. And I feel like you're definitely one of those people that understand it. And like, even like one of the things that was clever was like the, the whole fashion Nova thing that you did with the t-shirt. That was awesome. You're, you're really big into art and it shows like your, the colorfulness of like your personality and art shows through like, very few people I feel like can achieve that where it's like that shows their personality shows through their DJing and, you know, their brand. And I think you do a good job of that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, so I guess the question is like, what inspires you and what is your way of thinking when it comes to branding? 
Well, honestly, like, um, you know, I've told the story a few times, but, uh, you know, I went to school for art. Um, I thought I was going to be an artist. You know, I thought that was going to be my career, whether it be graphic artist, whether it be fine artist. Um, uh, but in the 80s, you know, I was really big into Warhol and Basquiat and Herring and, um, you know, David Sally and all these artists back then. And uh, um, I was really focused on that being what I wanted to do. And my mother was all for it. And, um, you know, I basically aced everything I've ever done, like in art class and this, that, whatever, you know, and um, I let my grades fall to the wayside. And so I barely even graduated high school. And uh, with that said, there was no art career waiting for me when I got out. So um, I was, you know, I took a few art classes in community college, got to a you know, through about two years of stuff. And then, you know, at that point, that was like the early 90s when Adobe was really starting. It was like a lot of computer stuff was really starting to be the thing. And um, they were basically like, well, you can't do any of these things unless you take math. And I'm like, I fucking hate math. If you think I'm paying for a class at college to take math, I go, you're nuts. And they're like, all right. So we basically parted ways right there. And I was like, all right, well, I guess, you know, that's it for the art career. And um, I actually did get a job doing like some like little sign painting and stuff like that for uh, a guy who had like a, a vintage baseball cap store, which was really dope. I, 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 it was a really good job. Um, but that was it. And I started learning to DJ like on the side for fun. That, that was when I became friends with Z trip and um, the art thing just totally kind of got just pushed aside. And then, you know, now I'm like doing the DJ thing and uh, but I've never lost that passion for art. And I'm like, well, you know what, if I'm not going to make art like I, you know, I still appreciate art. I collect art, um, but I've always been driven to good design, good art, um, things that just are eye appealing, you know. And so I always was like, no matter what I do, no matter how I present myself or whatever, I want to know that everything looks good. I want it. It has to look good to me, like. Like when I see things, I'm like, wow, that's an amazing logo or wow, that's a really cool ad or wow, that's a really cool, you know, the way the mo that movie was shot in that specific filter or this, that, whatever. Or, you know, uh, I'm like, OK, well, when I make things, I'll, I'll like hold on to those ideas. And I do like I jot ideas down of things. I'm like, oh, this ad or I'll even like, you know, screen grab things. I'm like, OK, I love this the way the style of this logo looks or I love the, the style of this, uh, you know, this. Um, uh, website, you know, like I did, I actually like bookmark like three websites in the last couple of weeks, just, you know, just thinking about like, okay, how can I maybe like change my website up just a little bit, but not a lot, just to always kind of like push it a little bit and just everything to me has to be visually stimulating. And so like, that's why I like really got into interior design and stuff. Uh, like I love, I, I don't want, you know, I, when I, I live with six guys in a one bed in a two bedroom apartment, you know, when I was going to community college, and I literally slept on this like folding out like futon that had like a bolster on it. And these dudes just sat in it and farted in it all day. And I slept on it at night. <laughs> and then I didn't play Nintendo until the, all I, so I was like, I've been there. Like, I, I don't want that. I want like, I want, I want, um, you know, good design furniture. Like I've studied like designers, architects, things like that. I want like, you surround yourself with things visually that stimulate you. And it, it makes you, it makes your ideas right. flow. And it's like, so it's always been really important to me that um, the things that surround me that I look at every day helps me be creative. And um, 
So that's just that's just always been my thing. And it, and it is it's pushing it to the next level. And I'm not downing anyone, you know, anyone's um, choice of like how to how they want to brand themselves. I think you said it best, like some people get it and some people don't. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of things in this world that I don't understand or I don't get. And I'm like, I'm like, OK, you know, I'm going to stay on that lane. And, you know, some people are going to stay on that lane. But I think uh, branding is a very, a very important part of every person or like especially every dj like um it's how you present yourself it's how people how you know you appeal to different people that's why i always said like i'm not a big fan of my name you know it's a little late in the game to change it now but uh but i've i've heard of some dj names that i was just like like man like what were you thinking like when you know and i don't want to like you know you can bleep them out if you want but a few moments later how do you, how, how do you, like, where's, where's, what's the end game with that you're, name? You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're pigeonholing yourself into something where you can, you, it, it might be all right for right then when you're doing nightclubs, but if you want to go anywhere with it, it's a wrap. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it just, you know, if you want to be the star of your local bar, yeah, it's probably, it, 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 it probably works for that. Like, especially if you're like a college DJ or whatever, and like, people are like, yeah, that's the guy. And I totally yeah. get that. But, is that ever going to be like on a main stage or on like a flyer in like uh you know uh win at Las Vegas probably not <laughs> see i i always liked your your dj name i don't know though why you say you don't like it i i always thought it was good i don't know it's uh i don't know i guess just at the time like it was a name that i had a lot of people ask it was a name that i had when um i was in a dance group like like and when i say dance group it wasn't like professional we was like a crew like like a b-boy crew but uh, yeah. we were more like freestyle house dancing. It was kind of like coming out of the 80s into the 90s. And it was like right as I was learning to DJ. And um, we did. We th At that time, it was all Polo and Tommy Hilfiger. And we were head to toe. You know, we emulated the mop tops in New York City. And uh, that was kind of where I came up with the name. And so when I started DJing, I was like, well, I'll just be fashion still. And then now, like, I dress like a bum. I mean, like, I walk around my apartment complex. Most of the people think I, I'm the dog walker here. <laughs> but, uh, I'm like, I, you know, if I'm the, it's sweatpants in the winter, it's basketball shorts in the summer. And, uh, but yeah, I, you know, uh, but like, you know, I, I dress, you know, when I'm out in the club, but, um, but yeah, I, like I don't think that's what I, I don't know. I, I guess I just take it differently. And I think it's all encompassing and, you know, just the vibe. So uh, yeah. I like the name. Yeah. I appreciate it. But yeah, I'm actually working on a new logo. Um, uh, one of my really good friends, he's a designer. He's done flyers and stuff for me. He's done a lot of like, uh, uh, like, um, um, one sheets and things like that for me. And, uh, um, he's always helped me out and he's, uh, working with me on some like new logo ideas. And it's not necessarily, uh, um, that I'm taking a new logo and getting rid of the old one. It's kind of like giving other people, I think you should have multiple logos. I think you should have multiple options. So yeah. maybe one logo works at a venue and then another logo works at a spe another specific venue. Um, like Diplo, I mean, he has so many good logos and, uh, yeah. and it, it just, it, it doesn't matter. Like you, you know what you're getting each time, regardless of what the logo is. But I've seen like some of the like street parties, you know, like, uh, or the block parties where it'd be one logo. And then I've seen the like really big professional, like, wires and stuff where it's something totally different and it's like it all makes sense well, it's like, like like a sports team they have you know several different jerseys they have exactly. like the, home, exactly. the away the alternate you know exactly I think that's a good piece of advice because because different designs appeal to different people you know it's like 
I mean, it's like base, it's like logos on a hat. Like yeah. I've seen some where I'm just like, man, I love that hat, but or I love that team, but that logo is shit. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm like, and then they get like a basic logo, and I'm like, now I'll buy that hat because that right. fits my style. Right. And so mm-hmm. I don't know. I was gonna ask that because I've had DJs come up to me, or actually I was working with a um uh like a branding consultant, and she was very adamant about you know your color and your logo and sticking with it for years. And I've always fallen more in your category of like multiple logos and, yeah. you know, just having it be a specific vibe. I was just, it, I agree with you is what I'm, I'm getting at. It really is multiple well, logos as long as it fits that vibe. You definitely want to have that one. It's like Nike, like the swoosh. I mean, like right. what if Nike had like re- kept, you know, never had that swoosh, that swoosh, like no matter what they do now, like they've branded it several different ways, but that swoosh stays the same every single time, right. no matter how they surround it. Same with, you know, the, the Jordan Jumpman logo, like no matter what, you know, they do, as long as that Jordan Jumpman logo is on there, it doesn't matter what the rest of the stuff is. So, um, but yeah, the logo that I've had right now, I mean, I've been using that for like the last 12 years and it's actually funny when I, when I got that logo, like um, at the time I was trying to, uh, I was trying to hire the artist, the French artist, so me who did like the Ed banger stuff and did the video for Kanye West and T-Pain uh, good life. Oh, wow. I was trying to, uh, cause I had friends who knew him and I was trying to get him to do a logo and I was ready to spend. And I mean, I don't know how much you want, but it, it never came to fruition, but I had friends that um, worked with uh, uh, some people at Ed banger records and um they put me onto this uh, graphic designer in Tokyo, Japan, and he actually made the logo that I've been using uh, huh. today. And when I got that logo, um, I actually sat on it for about three years before using it oh, because wow. I was like happy with it. But at the same time, I just felt like it wasn't it wasn't exciting. And and then I tried all these other little things because I, I even meddled with my own logos. I made my own and would use some of my own things. And then I looked at them and I'm like, man, a even though I like them and other people like them, I kind of feel like I've always just been this thing about like, they're the expert at the logo. I'm the expert at DJing. Right. Go with the expert. And so it got to that point where I'm like, from now on, I'm never going to make my own logo again. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let the experts do it. We get asked all the time, like, you know, what can I do to get, these gigs you know how how do i get these gigs that i want that i'm not getting and i think all of what we just talked about goes into it like you have to invest in yourself whether you're paying somebody to make a logo or you're spending the time to figure out how to make your own logo that looks professional you know and and you have to it's like goes to that old saying like dress for the job you like want not the job you have and like your whole branding portfolio, your Instagram, your website, it all has to show and like convey what you're trying to get. And it's like, if you're just a local DJ, that's just, you know, taking gigs that he gets not investing in himself at all. That's probably all you're ever going to get. But if you're like putting it all out there and, and investing in yourself and doing these things and, you know, spending more money on logos to have, professionals do it you know you're probably going to draw and attract more of that spending spending money was going to be my next question for you (laughs) is like you you have you have high you have high taste right so so what's like 
what does a logo fall in? Is it like a grand, two grand? You know, it's, they should um, expect to pay a couple grand. The logo I've been using now, I paid a thousand, I paid a thousand for that logo. And that was yeah. that was you know like like I said, like 12, 12 years ago, something like that, 12, 13 years ago. Um, but I, it's, but you don't have to go that route either. Um, I know there's websites out there. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there's websites where you, you determine the price. Logo tournament. Yeah. And, and like, the, the, there's designers that are there and you put up a fee and any designer that's willing to accept that fee, they'll make a, they'll make a logo for you. And then you might have like a hundred different entries and you pick the one that you want and that designer gets to 200. So it's kind of like a pool. It's like, they, they're like, well, okay, it's worth my time to give it a go for this guy's money. And obviously the more money you put in there, the more design options that you're going to get. And I, I know people that have done that and um, been really happy with things like that. Me personally, anything I'm looking for, I like try to like seek, seek people out. So if I see something that I like, I'm like, who made that? Because I like that and I would like to know what else they've made. And then maybe if they would be interested in making me something and uh, it doesn't always, it doesn't always work out, but, um, but yeah, when you see something you like, that's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like the art, you know, like the art that I collect when I see something I really like, like I really get into like um, the background of an artist. I try to meet them. I try to do studio visits with them. I try to like, you know, and then that way, if I do acquire artwork from them, it means more to me that like there's a painting on the wall of someone that like I've met and I've um, been to their studio and then I, you know, became their friend. And it, it means more to me than just a painting hanging on a wall. And it's kind of the same with the logo. It's like when you, when you, when you see something like, I mean, shit, like if the guy that, it, that did the Nike logo, you know, if I ever had him do the logo, I'd be like, man, you know, that not only do I have a logo, but I have a logo by the guy that made the Nike logo, yeah, you know, it right. just, it just it, it means a little more to you. I, I try to think of that exact same thing in that, you know, a lot of times, especially in today's culture, people want to like cut corners or get something cheap. But, yeah. you know, at the same time, us as DJs are trying to sell uh, sell ourselves and our own brand for for more money. So yeah. going after somebody that's going to look after you and, <clears throat> you know, think of your brand it, it comes down to money right you're happy with a gig when you're getting paid correctly you're going to spend that a little bit extra time on it and dig a little yeah. bit harder so you know you pay somebody correctly they're going to be happy doing the right thing for you and by all means there's plenty of people out there i mean especially like people have access to so many things now it's like that's why there's so many djs because of all the technology and the controllers and all these things and it's like as long as you're good at what you're doing like it, it you know, it doesn't have to be a graphic designer doing your logo. He doesn't have to have like a pedigree of like, you know, work or whatever. As long as he makes something that looks good that like you like and is in yeah. your price range. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's kind of like the old, uh, uh, well, I know this kid and he'll do it for like, you know, a six pack of Bud and, you know, you know, entry <laughs> of club next week. You're, that's probably going to be, you know, that you get what you pay for kind of thing. Right, right. And so, um you know, again, you, you get, you get out of it what you put into it as in life, you know, if you yeah. put a lot into yourself, into your brand, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get a nice return in your brand. And, you know, and it, it, it goes further than just your appearance and your, uh, your social media appearance and your, um, things like that. I mean, um, cause there's guys that are really good at branding, but then they suck at DJing. <laughs> it's like, you know, you might get that first gig, off of your branding, but you better be able to deliver or you ain't going to go back. <laughs> right. So right. It's good to be well-rounded with not only your, 
style. But see, on the flip side, there's guys that are incredible DJs and their branding is shit and they go nowhere. <laughs> right. Right. I I, I want to ask, I was just, you have this amazing piece right behind you. You, uh, I kind of was looking at uh, your website and I clicked on one of the articles you had. You have really cool, like, um, furniture pieces and all that stuff. It's something I'm trying to do with my place. Where are you looking for this stuff? I guess I'm, I'm really asking this question for myself, not for anybody else, but <laughs> where, where are you finding some of this stuff? And, uh, you know, what are you Yo, willing you, to pay? Hey, what are you willing to pay for some of the art? You know, I mean, well, I, I guess I, I don't, I haven't had a wall at some point, right? Yeah. Um, well, I will say this. I've been, I've been, I've been, uh, collecting since like 2007, maybe okay. 2008. Um, and when I started collecting, it was more, you know, I started like a lot of guys, you, know, you start with sneakers and then you kind of move on to like, okay, I'm kind of into like some, you know, the collectible toys and things like that. And then you move on, you're like, okay, I'll buy some like prints, you know, like I had a couple Banksy prints back in the day, some cause stuff, whatever. And then, uh, and then, you know, it's just like you keep evolving. And then I really, you know, um, anytime I would go to like art galleries in the past, I was like, you know, you can't buy this stuff. You just go to see it. And then people were like, no, you can actually buy this stuff. And I was like, oh, wow. So it got to a point where it's like, well, why would I want a print? You know, why would I want one of like a hundred prints, which there's nothing wrong with that. You know, um, I did that for years, but when you can spend a little extra more, and sometimes a lot extra more. <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder where fashion's like, where ceiling is with this. Having, having, having an original piece, you know, yeah. having an original piece by someone. And I think it's kind of the same as, you know, when people book DJs, you know, like you can get, you can spend, you know, X amount of dollars on get a guy that sounds like the other guy or the next guy or the next guy. Or you can spend a little extra and you get, you know, DJs who are, you know, a little more out there, a little more creative, a little more, you know, on their brand, you know, you, you, you're, you know what I mean? And uh, for example, like I love four color Zach. That's my guy. Zach is like his own entity. He is he, everything. Zach's actually a graphic designer. I, right. And, and I, I believe I'm almost a thousand percent sure, but we'll say 999% sure. That's where his num name comes from. Graphic right. design, four color. Four color is a four color process. Cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. And then that's how most things are printed. And so I think he told me that in the past, but he used to do- I feel like I heard that interview interview somewhere. I feel like I, I heard that too. Well, that's yeah. where he got his name, graphic design. Yeah. You know, And I know he still designs like his tees and things like that. Um, he used to design some stuff for Fool's Gold back in the day. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then like he branched He's over- unique. Right. That's what you're going to get at. He's unique and he has his own yeah. style. And yeah. Exactly. And it's just like you, when you, when you book Zach, you're, you're, you pay more to book Zach because you're paying for that whole entity. You're paying for all of that. Um, so yeah. So when you spend a little money on a, like I said, when I spend a little bit more money on art piece, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm buying something that's original. That's one of one. That's that like only I own, you know, and it, um, right. you know, it, I think, it, I, th I think it, it, the value of it means more. And so I, uh, I want to yeah. take your influence on this and I want to, cause I want to, I want to make a jump. I want to make a, a buy a piece. Right. Okay. <laughs> so I guess, uh, you know, price range, is, is there like a wall that I should be spending? Like, should I be like, okay, two grand, I, I'm all right. Swallowing that five grand or I'm asking, I don't know. 
I mean, honestly, I'm being serious. I'm being honest, you know. And and I, and trust me, I've I I got a uh, custom couch that I love. I I spent a lot of money on. It this, came from the futon movie. factory. It, did not. <laughs> it was it was Fash's old futon from his college days. Everyone <laughs> was farting on it. <laughs> no. Here's my way of collecting. Bottom line, only yeah. buy what you love. Whatever the price, make sure you love it. Because you have to wake up and look at that thing every day and you want to know that, oh, I spent way too much money on that. Or, oh, um, I'm happy with the perch. I'm happy with the money that I spent on that. Um, now, I've, I've, you know, like most collectors, I've uh, lived with work and then I've sold work. Um, I've made profits on some, I've lost money on some. Um, so that's another thing. When you buy something you love, it doesn't matter how much the value of it fluctuates as long as you love it. And, um, everything hanging in my apartment, like I, I love it, you know? Um, and I won't buy anything that I don't Now I've, I've had, I've been tipped before about like, oh, you should buy into this artist because their market is really well or whatever. And, but I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, you know, right, right. It, you know, that's to me, that's beside the point. A lot of collectors collect like that. They collect based on market. Is it nice when your artwork goes up in value? Absolutely. You want to know that you got something at the ground floor and now it's like worth like whatever. And uh, no lie, during the pandemic, I sold a couple paintings and that kind of keep helped keep me afloat because, um, you know, pandemic, you know, none of us were working coming out of it. A lot of, you know, for me in my tier, a lot of guys still weren't working because a lot of the uh, venues were like, well, you know what? We're packed right now. So we're just going to use local guys. So why are right. we going to fly you out uh, and pay you your fee when we're going to be slammed either way? And so it did. It was a slow start for me coming back in uh, out of the pandemic. So it's just like, OK, well, how do I earn income outside of that? And uh, right. I did. I moved a few pieces to uh, just keep it moving. But uh but yeah, the same way as you, I would, my advice to Drew would be, you really just have to buy what inspires you. And there's no exact value you can put on that. Like yeah. everything that I have hanging is either something that I really like or a memory of something I did, you know, like yeah. I like when I go to concerts, if they offering like limited lithiographs, I always mm -hmm. try to buy one of those. And like, so I yeah. love having those because it reminds me of being back at that show or whatever. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And that's the most important thing is, uh, is that you just, you love it or that it inspires you. Um, as now, as far as like, where should you start with like a limit or whatever? I mean, it really doesn't matter. I mean, I've seen uh, let's take the limit out of it and let's, let's put it more into like, maybe if I go into galleries or am I looking online? Um, I feel like most like emerging art, like start, like, like newer artists, they start out anywhere from like $500 to like, $5,000 like, yeah. and honestly, I've always tried to keep my, my buying in that range. Um, I've made a couple larger purchases over the years and this is over this span of like 10, 12 years. Um, uh, I've made a couple purchases that were a lot higher than that. Um, but you know, I mean, I have one work of art here that like, uh, you know, fortunately a lot of these galleries, they, they're, you know, they do the payment plan and I have one painting that I, I literally spent an entire year paying on. But uh, it's oh. sitting right over here, <laughs> you know, and it, it was worth it. It's, it's my favorite piece. So um, right. would I do that again? Probably not, because right. uh, there was a lot of 
There's a lot of ramen noodles and toast. <laughs> but, as, you're, uh, so, as you're appreciating it. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the biggest thing you've, and I don't mean it to say that like you're doing this, but I'm just curious. What's the biggest thing you flipped? Like what was your, pro- like your profit that you've, you've turned on something? I haven't had any, like I've had some pretty decent profits. Not like, not like anything like super, super crazy. I mean, I've definitely, right. I've definitely made some money. Um, I definitely made some money, but nothing like, oh my God, I made. Now I will say this. I had one work of art I got um, in 2018. It was just a, it was a work on paper. It was by a friend of mine and uh, he passed away um, uh, during, like just before the pandemic. Um, not from, not from COVID or anything, but um, um, he took his own life, but his market like exploded, like shortly after that and um that work when i ended up trading that work uh with a collector during the pandemic for some other work and some money and uh at that time it was up but uh i needed to needed to do it to survive now i didn't get it from him i got it from his gallery but we were friends so if he had given me the work i would have never have sold it but uh because i bought it fair and square from a gallery it was like okay anything goes but uh, a year later, that work sold at auction for half a million dollars. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. I got nowhere near that. Or I bought it for nowhere near that. And when I got rid of it, I got nowhere near that. Wow. But um, so it's. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, again, I did not make that. Somebody else right, did. Right. And I will tell you, the day that I found out, I was sick to my stomach. I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's crazy. A lot, of, a lot of solved problems with that. But uh, but it is what it is. You know, it's a gamble. And, you know, um, when you when you do that, you know, it's you, you just never know. It's like it's like real estate. You know, people invest in real estate and, you know, sometimes the market's great. Sometimes the market's not. And, you jo- you know. It's like Kenny, Kenny Rogers say, you got no one to hold them, no one to hold them. <laughs> right. But it's, but it's also cool to me that like something that you're passionate about, you know, yeah. and that you've been passionate about for, for years, got you through a really tough time. Like had right. you not, you yeah. know, been a collector, you know, you wouldn't have been able to sell or trade things yeah. to get you through yeah. the pandemic. And to be honest with you, I wish I could collect at a larger level, but you know, I just, you got to collect within your means as well. You know, like, again, like, like I said, I, 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 that, that one year that I, you know, put money aside for that paying, you know, um, it wasn't astronomical, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not just throwing everything I have at one thing too. So, um, but it's, you know, it's just, it's no different than like someone buying a car or, you know, uh, buying, you know, an expensive animal or whatever, you know, it's, you, people have their things that they invest their money in, you know? Um, right. Right. And uh, for me, that's, yeah, I try to invest in other people's talent. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good way of paying it forward and paying it back uh, yeah. and making, I like it because it makes myself feel good when I charge other people's stuff, you know? Yeah. And it does. You, you just, you, you just appreciate it. And like, I'm so like, uh, and I think that's another thing that inspires me is I like, I like to have things that people make with their hands or like that they, you know, even like music, you know, people make music. Like I don't want machine things. I don't want like assembly line things. I want things that are like individual because that's like what makes me individual. Right. Right. Anyway. Right. 
And there, I feel like moving like in this day and age, you know, and kind of circling back, we've already talked about that. People just want so much instant gratification <laughs> that like having something hanging on your wall that like took time and like inspires you is, is worth to me, different things are worth, you know, different things. I, I like that as well. So the value of it is different to me versus somebody else that might not care about that at all. But yeah. like Drew said, like it makes me feel better about what I do because we're selling, you know, what is, you know, our passion basically to people. And, yeah. you know, um, I like knowing that there's people out there that appreciate it. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's like guys that make really good uh, remixes or make edits or mixes. I mean, um, I, I haven't got through the whole thing yet, um, but like I started to listen to uh, DJ Conflict's latest new mix the other day. And it's like, it, it's the same thing. I mean, it's like weird DJs. We're like painting a picture with music, with sound. And it's like, you know, you can check when you listen to different mixes, you can hear the guys that like, you know, really assert time into it and like play with wordplay or like, um, you know, um, put songs in the same key or like, you know, certain era or a certain genre, or like, and just, you know, like conflict says, it's like telling a story and you can hear the guys that do that and really like do that. And then other guys that are just like, okay, like what are the top 10 songs at the moment? Let me just mix those together and put out a new mix. And it's just like, right. you know, and those are the kind of things that I want to listen to. You know, those are the things, you know, that I want to, you know, like, because now when I go to like my light, like my my uh, liked pages of okay, uh, I'm cleaning the I'm cleaning my apartment today. Let me go to all my saved mixes, and then I have this like list of saved mixes, and I know every single one of them is fire. Right. You know, it's not like oh yeah, let me I gotta skip past that one because that one's not even worth listening to. It's just like no, I've heard this one before. You could you could you just know all the ones that are like you know put together, yeah. and it's like just like. You know, I'm, I want to be that, I'm want to be, and I am, I feel that same person, like, and I'll only put out things that in my opinion are worthy of being out there. Like, you know, I've come up with like a ton of different ideas and I've started mixes and got like 30, 40 minutes into it. And I was like, nope, this ain't it. Start it over or yeah. whatever, or just never even, you know, put out like certain edits or remixes. I have original songs that never came out. Because I was just like, you know what? It just, you know, because all it takes is someone to be like, oh, it's that, this stuff's cool, but that one thing was just, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, I want my resume to just be like, good, 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 good. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. Love it. Yeah. One of the other things we like to ask, uh, and um, we have another stupid video for is a crazy DJ story. So we'll um, air this segment video and then we'd love to hear uh, a story from a, a, an awesome night, a night gone wrong, whatever just comes to mind that you want to tell. You're crazy. You're crazy. I like you. But you're crazy. That one's a work in progress still. These videos are good. Don't love these. These are great. Uh, so yeah, any anything that comes to mind of uh, a night in the DJ booth or a night out or anything like that. One of um, 
kind of hard to pinpoint um, some of them. You know, I, I've told the uh, banana split story a million times, so I'll try to do a different one. I, I'll start out with kind of a, like a crazy one that I played in London, not England. It was uh, I played in London, England, but it was London is just it's uh, I want to say it's like an hour, I think, south of Toronto in Canada. Ontario. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have family out there. Yeah. OK, so, yeah, it's like college area, kind of college town. Yep. Yeah. Uh -huh. so yeah. I, I played a venue out there maybe like 10 years ago. And um, and uh, the guy that brought me out, super, super nice guy. And uh, the venue was super fun. And um, um, about 10 minutes into that set, um, this guy comes up to me. And mind you, this was still uh, I was still on uh, control vinyl. It was, uh, you know, I was on I was on scratch live control vinyl and I had my needles. This was pre phase. And yeah. um I'm playing, I'm doing my thing. And, uh, this guy comes up. I mean, I was literally five minutes into my set and this guy, he was kind of like in the VIP area. And I kind of saw him kind of like, like Hawking. I'm like, all right, this guy's obviously trying to like get my attention. He's going to ask me something. So he says, Hey man, can you play some Tupac? Yeah, bro. I got you. Absolutely. I'll get it on here in a few minutes. And then uh, a couple minutes go by and he goes, yo man, like, when are you going to play that Tupac? I'm like, my guy, you just, you just gotta let me like, get into it like i've been on for five minutes let me kind of just finesse the room real quick and then we'll like make that happen came back a third time like literally like another song later and was like yo man like i'm with the owner this is blah blah blah, blah. he goes i want to hear tupac right now and i was like fine at this point there's like a security guard standing like right there and i'm looking at him like dude are you gonna like do anything about this and, he's <laughs> there. and i was like look man if you ask me again i ain't gonna play shit and so i go back to do my thing like 10 seconds later the guy dumped a full vodka cranberry on my head. I'm literally standing there and just like, I mean, I'm 10 minutes into my set and a guy Fuck. dumps a drink on me because I wasn't playing his request. And I look at the bouncer and the bouncer's looking at me like, and I'm like, well, do something. I was like, get this guy out of here. And yeah. they, did. they took him out the back and the owner comes and the manager, or whatever comes running up. He's like, what happened? What happened? I was like, Yo, I was like, is that guy your friend? I was like, because he's telling me that you're friends with him. I go, he just dumped a fucking drink on me. And so when he dumped the drink on me, ice and everything like hit the fucking oh, needles geez. flew off the record. Um, it, music stops. My records are just covered in like uh, sticky alcohol and cranberry yeah. juice. And I'm like, it took me like a good two minutes to get the records dry, like put it in internal. Like, I mean, I was just like, what the fuck just happened? And right. this is really the beginning of my set. So that set the tone for the whole night. And um, yeah. they did. They brought the guy back in. He's like, well, you know, he's my friend and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, I was like, this is how you treat your guests. This is how you treat the people that you bring in. Like, you let this happen to them. I was like, you should make your guy leave. I, it was just, that was probably like one of the crazier things that like have happened to me. I, I just <laughs> couldn't believe it. Maybe a, maybe a female doing that, sure. But a guy over <laughs> That is crazy. That <laughs> in is Canada, crazy. in Canada, of oh, all places. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, but uh, that was one of the, uh, yeah, that was one of the the not so fun moments. But um, and you finished the night like you had to play like still like I an did. hour or two. Night. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I was sticky and I took a towel and just kind of like wiped down. And you know, the guy was the the manager was apologetic. The other guy, he was just wasted. He never came back up again. I didn't, I didn't even want to see his face to be honest with you. But uh, the rest of the night went good. I've never been back. Um, but it was, it was a good night. And, you know, once I did, once I got my groove, like it was on and like everyone had a great time and, you know, yeah. um, but I do, you know, you just, you, you can't, 
when things like that happen, you got to just kind of like get over them right away. You can dwell on them after you leave, but you got to just kind of like keep it moving and try to stay professional. And, you know, did I you mean, play Tupac? Uh, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> not. Tupac. I love Tupac. Fuck that other guy. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. And it just, you know, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cheerful person. I like everyone until you cross me, but, uh, but I also have a short fuse, you know, and like little things like set me off. Like, uh, uh, you know, anybody off. Yeah, everyone says I have road rage. Like all my friends when I drive, they're like, damn, bro, you have road rage. I'm like, man, just don't be stupid in front of me and then I won't. But um, but I, I want to say probably for one of the highlights, one of the good moments um was recently uh um it was was it November? Maybe it was October. I can't remember now. I'd have to go back and look, but uh I recently um got a last minute gig where I opened for Green Day for um Amazon Live uh at CBS yeah. Studios, and um, they literally called uh, on uh, Monday, and I was doing the gig on like four days later. And um, um, it was some uh, the people that booked me, some old friends of mine who I um, had worked with in the past, had uh, done a bunch of stuff um, with a group called Team Epiphany, and um, they were like, "Yo, you're our guy. We want you for this gig." And uh, I did. Like, I it was the first time I got to play like a, a complete alternative rock set, and um, for a crowd. Like I've done it like on my Twitch streams, whatever. I've done some mixes, whatever. But to actually be booked to play an entire set just on that, it was yeah. pretty amazing. And then um, literally uh, they kind of like brought my level down and 2 chains was the uh, the host. And he's like, you know, they never, they never mentioned me once, which was fine. But, you know, a second later, 2 chains on the mic going, these guys coming from the Bay Area, blah, 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 give it up for Green Day. And the place just exploding and like you can you can watch it on amazon prime right now it's on prime live there's uh i watched it just to see if there's any kind of like like pre whatever i'm not in it at all but uh knowing that i did it and then hanging out and seeing the show and it was pretty uh it was pretty fun it was it was really fun and uh just seeing some of the records that i was playing seeing some of the reactions and people were like oh yeah, shit what, like, what were some of the records you can maybe mention some of the, the records um, I mean, I've just, I've played like a lot of like the, you know, kind of like the mid two thousands, like, uh, uh, you know, Panic at the Disco, uh, yeah. um, uh, Lincoln Park, um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah's, um, God, I don't know. Just like all those records, it, you know, it just so fun. Some 41, I even played, uh, John Mayer, uh, you know, just running through like a lot of those records, Blink-182 yeah. and it was, um, it was just really dope. It was just really dope. And I really, and then I even like spiked in like some, some of the indie, some of the indie rock stuff like MGMT yeah. and rock party and whatever. And, uh, it was just a good time. And, um, it was something that I never got to do before. And, uh, you know, I got to shop my boy spider out spider gets to do things like that a lot. And, um, I always envied him for it. I was like, damn, you're so lucky you get to do events like this. And so when I finally got to do one, it was just like, man, like this was incredible. And it just, not only that, it was just a kind of a proud moment for me too, because, um, like I've, it's like you know when you've done certain things and you're just like, okay, I, I, like I do this all the time. Like I know when I have a good set or I know when I have a bad set or whatever. You're just like, I know this. I know this like the back of my hand. It's like riding a bike. But that was the first time I ever played a set like that for a crowd, and it was kind of like at the end of it, I was like, you know, I was just proud of myself. It's like, damn, dude, like because that's not my strong point, right? And so when you when you do something good and everyone's just like damn bro that was like really good and i did i got i got a lot of compliments after it and it just uh 
it's just something I'm, I'm a, I'll hold on to that one for a minute. You know, it was, it was just really dope. And so I hope to get to do more things like that in the future. Yeah. You had awesome. a, a rock set during um, the pandemic that was so tight. I remember uh, we were all texting each other like, Oh, check out fashion's rock set right now. <laughs> it was uh, remember that fuse. It was like all punk setters. I can't remember. I do. Exactly I remember was, but... I, that. That's one of the things I will say too, like about the pandemic time. I kind of missed, you know, cause everybody was doing the Twitch thing. So you really got to like, you know, hear people play that, you know, we're, we're always working. So it's like, you never really get to go hear people play. So that I do miss that. I do remember texting about that too. That, that's funny. You mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. I like to check during then I was like, you know, at first, you know, um, when the pandemic first kind of started hitting, you know, luckily and thankfully a couple of the nightclubs were like, Hey, we're going to do some streams from, you know, whatever, like to our people that follow us. And some of them were actually like paying, you know, a little bit to oh, do nice. a live stream and they would, you would, uh, it would be on Instagram live. And, um, there were a couple venues that I played like one in Atlanta and I, um, there was one in, um, uh, South Carolina and, um, I think it was South Carolina and, um, but they did, they, uh, they, um, they basically paid us to like do their Instagram live. And I mean, like not many people were there, but it, it, we were just grasping for anything of right. like normality at that point. And, um, but so then I was doing like, okay, well, this is just like regular club set. It's kind of weird. I'm like doing this like hype club set in my living room. There's like, my dogs are looking at me like, dude, are we going to go out soon? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> kind of like, how do I get hype? when it's just like, there's no one here. It was so weird. But then, um, then I obviously kind of branched over into Twitch and then I was like, man, you know, the good thing about this is I can just go on anytime I want, any time of the day, it could be three in the morning, you know, three in the afternoon, whatever, and just play anything that I want. And so I spent the majority of my time in the pandemic really revamping my record crates, um, really like organizing music, downloading songs that I always wanted and didn't have, um, you know, like that's where I, uh, I, you know, before the pandemic hit, I listened to a Yacht Rock mix that the Captains of Industry had done, Graham Stone. And it was like a 45-minute mix they did for like uh, iHeartRadio or something. And um, great mix. Yeah, man. I was like, this is so great. And I listened to that mix so many damn times. And so I was like, I want to do a Yacht Rock set during during the pandemic. And I did. I mean, I I put hours, I want to say weeks, into just like finding all this stuff. And now my Yacht Rock crate is like 500 songs deep. Yeah. And and I did like I I still will do like these yacht rock sets and it was the one genre of music that actually like brought me some extra income during the pandemic. Anytime yeah. I would stream yacht rock, I, like I did really well. But there were there were other times where I was just like, I do. I want to play old '80s punk that I listened to in high school. I want to play '80s music. I want to play new wave. I want to play uh, hair band metal. Like I want to play Rat and Twisted Sister and like Scorpion. I want to play shit like that. <laughs> you know, yeah. I did like you know when when Eddie Van Halen passed away. I did a whole two hour set of just Van Halen records. It was just like, who DJs two hours of Van Halen records? <laughs> like, but it was fun. It was awesome. I was just like, man, you know. No, that it's is amazing. awesome. Yeah, we love. I always I love tuning into some of those. Uh, I remember it would be late for me here because you're West Coast, but I remember tuning into some of those uh, uh, the yacht rock sets of yours as well. Yeah, I watched a bunch of them. Yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, it's fun. It just it just vibes. I don't know. It just kind of gives puts you in a mood. Like for me personally, I like it because it's kind of nostalgic. A lot of that music stuff my parents listened to, so I knew it when I was a kid. So like right. now, now playing it now and then. I don't know. It just 
whenever I'm in a shit mood, I'll even just like listen to you know, a couple of those mixes and, you know, just kind of like, you know, lifts the spirits a little bit. So oh, that's awesome. Love it. One of the one of the last things we like to do is we call it the sauce, and uh, it's advice you'd give to uh, younger your younger self. Advice you'd give to a new DJ. We'll roll this segment video, and then we'll get back to it. Ah, the name is Bootsy, baby, and uh, this shout out goes out to Drew and Fuse, all the way from Cincinnati to the LBC bobble. Yeah, I was told. You guys are quite the chefs, and you got a delicious sauce that you cooked up. Ooh, and it drips that swagoo and breaks down the recipe. Yeah, and you giving up the pee, cause it's funky. As in good, that is, finger funkin' good. On the one, by the power of the one. Yeah, without that, there is none. So get yours and be in tune with the one that loves you. Get it, baby. That was dope. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's Bootsy hitting us with the sauce. So any advice you'd give to a younger DJ, maybe anything advice you give to yourself, anything like that? I think advice I give to myself, um, my younger self would be, um, <laughs> I don't know. That's actually kind of a good question. I guess, uh, you know what it is? I think I, I think I pigeonholed myself early in my career. Um, um, I don't think it was on purpose, but I was like, when I first started DJing, I was like, I was like, hip hop, hip hop, hip hop. I was just like, Mob Deep, KRS-One, I was like full-on backpacker, Smith & Wesson, Black Moon, you know, uh, Chuck D, Fight the Power. I was like, fuck house music, fuck all this other shit, it's like whatever. And, um, you know, moving into like 2005, 2006, you know, that's when like the electro era kind of started, you know, and it was like I would hear thing, you know, I was hearing like Justice for the first time and hearing Baltimore house music for the first time and things like that. And I was like, dude, this shit's really fucking dope. And that's when I like, and then that's also like right around the time I got Serato and um, started making like bootlegs and edits and things like that, mashups. And um, I was like, man, you know what? Like as a DJ, you should be open to all music. You can, you can, um, you can um, focus on one specific genre and master that genre but you should be always open to do things because you never know those doors that could open up for you. And so all those years I was so like, boom, boom, boom. Like I did, I did radio in Phoenix uh, at power 92.3 for 11 years. And it did, it was to a point where I was known as the hip hop DJ. So when guys like vice and uh, AM and like uh, um, the captains and, you know, they're, you know, they were coming into Scottsdale, Arizona and doing all like the clubs that I wanted to play the nice high end clubs that I wanted to play. I would go to see them and they would be like, how come you don't DJ here? And I'm like, they won't book me because I'm the hip hop DJ, even though I knew all that other stuff. And uh, I had that other stuff, but because I made it known that like I was that guy, um, it took me forever to get accepted in, in like an open format uh, um, venue in my own city. 
And um, I got to thank my brother, Graham Funky. He uh, he made that work for me one day. And it just one of the venues like he had a friend who was a waitress there and he invited me to lunch and we sat down and he looks he looked her right in the face. He goes, how come you don't how come you guys don't book my guy fashion? And she's like, he's the hip hop guy. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, that's not true, though. And he's like, and, uh, you know, he's like, you should really try to make this happen. And she did. She talked to the manager and. And uh, the, the the venue I played was called Six Lounge. It was in uh, in uh, Old Town Scottsdale, where all the hot clubs are. And uh, I played the night. Hey, sorry. Hey, sorry. I played the night. Come here, you. I played the night and uh, spanked it. And uh, they were like, "You want to be our new Sunday resident?" And um, I was. I did it like every Sunday night for like a year. And at that point, the other clubs that I wanted to be in were like hearing that I was there and they were noticing and like coming through and they were trying to like steal me from that. Right. And I was like, man, I've been trying to get in your club for the last couple of years. You guys just weren't biting. Now all of a sudden you guys are like fighting and uh, to, to have me in the club. And so it was a good feeling, but at the same time, I just felt like it was kind of overdue. And um, um, I was kind of like, man, had I maybe tried to like show people that I was more, um, more out there and and more open to doing other things than really just kind of like sticking it to that one thing. Maybe um, I could have bought myself a couple extra years of doing some of those other things and putting some more money in my pocket and um, opening more doors to other opportunities, you know? So uh, I would Let's definitely the, the advantage and the disadvantage of working for a, a, a radio station, right? You get yeah. in there and you get your name out there, but at the same time, a pigeon holds you into whatever the music is. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. I will say this: like the, the last, the last year that I did radio um, in 2007 was the year that I got on Dexstar with AM, and at the time it was called the Disc Jockey Company, and um, um, we had just we were on the afternoon show. I was on with the uh, Joy Boy and Jay Filla. They were the they were known as the Nuts, and um, we had the afternoon show, and then I was their DJ. I was their mixer, and um, they got bumped to mornings. And so when we did mornings, they're like, look. Um, we want, we want your morning mixes to be something totally different. That's, that's no one's do, no one else is doing. So I was, I was playing all kinds of mashups. I was playing rock, uh, the be more stuff, electro mashups, the hip hop. I was, I was just playing anything and everything. Yacht rock. I mean, I played 30 minutes of just like stuff. And the first day I did it, the program director was kind of like, what the hell, what the hell did you guys just put on the air? And then they're getting calls like crazy, like, oh, my God, what right. was that was like the best ever. And, and then it got to a point where they're like, all right, whatever you're doing, just keep doing that. <laughs> so my mixes were like, you know, for the mornings were were hot for a while. And then um, it just got to a point where um, AM started putting that calendar together for me and I uh, left the station. Um, but uh, not on the best note, they were pretty upset that I was leaving, but at the end of the day, like, you know, you got to do what's best for your own self. And, right. um, and, um, I guess that's some other advice I would always say is, uh, always look out for number one. Like, don't, don't, um, here's one for, un for up and coming DJs. Um, a lot of up and coming DJs are hungry. Um, but just remember like, um, the DJ community, it's big, but it's also very small. And um, when you undercut guys and when you go after guys' gigs, like it'll, you, it can end your career. And um, 
just be mindful and uh, be respectful of the guys who kind of came before you. And I'm not saying like, you know, you can't do things or like bow down to these guys, you know, like whatever. But um, I've known it happened with me once. Um, shout out to my brother, DJ Cutswell. That's my guy. Cutswell went in and stole a gig for me. And uh, well, a week later, he was out. And uh, I never went back to that gig. And I, you know, I kept it moving. Cutswell, he's doing just fine now. But at that time, he was kind of like, what the fuck happened? You know, like, um, but there was for a long time, like I didn't get along with Cutswell because of what he did. And uh, yeah. I just, man, you know, you just, you, it just, it's just not good to burn bridges, you know? And it's like, like I said, everyone's hungry. Everyone wants to get put on and everyone wants to do uh, everything. But just also know, it's just like when you take a lower fee, in a market, um, especially when other DJs have like built the brand, you're devaluing everyone around you, um, including yourself. And so, you know, there's still guys that, that are out there kind of doing it, you know, and even like on the national level, you know, and it's just like, cause I've had guys, I've reached out to um, venues that I've played for in the past. And I was like, hey, you know, like, let's get another day on the calendar. They're like, well, well, we're only paying this much now. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, well, we can get this guy for this much. I'm like, okay. I was like, well, that's all he's worth though. You know, if, if they, if he's taking the gig for that much, that's all he's worth. And I was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take that. I'm not gonna take that amount of money. And so a lot of times you end up passing on things like that. And um, some of these guys that are undercutting, like I've heard them and they're not, you know, there's a reason why they're not getting you know, right. fees that some of the other guys are getting. And by no means, I mean, a lot of my friends, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of the DJs around me uh, who are my friends, they make way more money than I do. But I would never like, how do I say it? I would never be like, well, you pay that guy. I've, I've had a couple examples. I've actually had a promoter um, hit me and they're like, yeah, so-and-so has been reaching out to me like a lot lately. I'm like, all right, cool. And I was like, should I book? And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're a good guy. They're a good DJ. And they're like, well, they asked me how much you make. And I'm like, well, why would they even ask what I make? And they're like, well, because they're trying to say that they're worth the same amount of money that you are. And I'm like, I can't say one way or the other. I go, that's up to you. I go, I know the value that I've created for myself. Right. It's, it's up to you to decide based on the information they've given you, the mix they've given you, uh, a, a tryout, like whatever. It's up to you to decide whether you feel that they're worth that same fee or not. And uh, yeah, don't do that either. Don't ever ask anyone <laughs> how much. Me, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I don't know. It just there needs. I just feel like there needs to be more camaraderie, kind of like in the in the DJ community. Um, for the most part, I feel like it's pretty good. But you know, That's... there's guys that just like you said, they want that. They they want they they just they want it overnight. Yeah. So yeah. I. I agree. We, we feel that, you know, within the industry, you know, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors of like the reality and what people are projecting of what happens. And, and that's kind of was one of our big things with this podcast, you know, is we want, we've had a lot of big successful wedding DJs on here. We've had successful club DJs and, you know, we're yeah. just trying to, to, to mesh it all together for people that want to listen and choose whatever lane is their lane, you know? And, uh, you know, just be a little more honest about what's, what's yeah. going on, you know? Well, the smoke and mirrors thing is like perfect example. Like 
you know, for years now, people have been posting their monthly calendars, like where they're playing and things like that. And, um, and I'm not shitting on anyone, like I'm not, but I know for a fact that like some of these people that are like posting like these crazy venues and things like that, or like whatever, like these long ass calendars, they're, it looks like they're just like, you're just like, holy shit, this guy's just like, it, one, they're exploding and two, they're probably like rich as fuck. And I know for <laughs> fact that a lot of these guys are doing these things for like nothing. Right. And it's just like, you know, they're working 20 dates to equal what some of the guys make in five dates. Right. Right. And so it, it's and I'm not downing that. I mean, I'm not downing that at all, but that's the smoke and mirrors. It's like a lot of people see those things and they're like they think, oh, that's what's happening. And it's not really what's happening. Um, so I don't know. Um, but I'm all for promote. That's self-promotion is, is self-promotion no matter what it is. So I'm all for that. And um, even like the local guys, like I've seen some DJs kind of shit on other DJs that are like, you know, why would you post your calendar if like every day is like the same venue that you're playing at? But like at the same time, like why not do that? You, because if people go out, not everyone goes out every single night of the week or right, some people right. go out maybe once a month. So if you, if they went out to a night that you DJed and they want to know, well, when are you going to be back there? And they follow you. They can look and be like, "Oh, hey, I'm going out that night. He's gonna be there that yeah. night." Like, so yeah. there's That's nothing wrong with that. And any kind of promotion for yourself is good promotion, you know. Mm -hmm. So, totally. Um, a lot, a lot well, of great tips. There's a lot of good, good advice yeah. there. <laughs> Some people are probably gonna be like, "Fuck you, man!" Like, "Fuck you," but I don't care. Like, whatever. Like, <laughs> no, I'm, not at all. I mean, it's lots to unpack, but at the same time, you're just you're just being honest. It's like I tell you, about, I tell you like this: if for anything that I'm saying, if you feel like that I'm speaking about you, probably am. <laughs> so, Double in that, down. In that case, it's kind of like you know you're doing something wrong, or you know you're doing something foul, or you're just like, okay, yeah, I get it, but it is what it is, man. I mean, I'm kind of an OG in the game. And, um, I don't know, I guess just, just, I'm always going to have that like small little, like, you know, <laughs> you damn kids. Oh, no, it's good. Super OG. Super OG. And I love that you're still doing it. I mean, it comes yeah, up every awesome. now and then of, you know, what the age cap is on this and, you know, uh, you know, just props that you're still doing it. Like, I respect that. I mean, yeah. I don't have a problem saying I, I'm 52 years old. I'm going to be 53 this year. And uh, I mean, I still fucking sco. Like I know all the, I know all the new hip hop music that the kids like. I know all yeah. the, I mean, that's just it. Like, it doesn't matter. DJing, like, especially now in this game, this is a job for me too. Like it's, I'm passionate about it, but you have to be, it's like any job that you do, you could be a, an aerospace engineer. doesn't matter what yeah. your age is. If you're good at it, and, and you you focus on your passion about it, you're gonna be great at it. So like, yeah, I'm 52 years old, but I know I know who like like Yeet and you know artists like that. I know shit like that. Like, do I want to know that? Eh, not maybe necessarily. Like, <laughs> my flavor is a little bit like a little bit older, you know. But at the same time, like, it's my job as a DJ to know what's hot now for the audience that I'm playing for. And right. if I can't play for that audience, I have no business being behind the wheels. And so it is, it's a job. Take it very seriously. And as long as that's why, like I've said this in the past too, like people have been like, have you ever decided to tour with an artist or whatever? I had an opportunity once to um, DJ for Warren G years ago. This was in like the, the um, late nineties. 
I was like, no, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And um, I, th- I don't want to say it was only for a couple shows, but I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Um, and they were like, why? And I was like, because I don't want to be attached to an artist where I'm only known as that artist DJ. I was like, I want my own brand. I want, I don't want to be, oh, well, he's so-and-so's DJ, so-and-so's DJ. And there's nothing wrong with that either. But a lot of times too, as that artist becomes irrelevant, you kind of become irrelevant with them. And I didn't want that. I was like, nope, I just want to do my own thing. And, um, you know, maybe it could have taken me somewhere a little bit uh, bigger. Maybe it wouldn't. But I chose to just stay in my in my own lane and be like, no, 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 I'm just going to be um, independent. But, uh, but I never... I never just lost sight of the fact that as long as you can do the job, yeah. um, you'll always have a job. And that's the other thing too. If you, if you're with an artist, then you, you like, you kind of like fall off as an independent DJ, who's just known as being a DJ, as long as you're still playing the hit records every year that they come out, you'll always have a job. Yeah. Always have a job. Now, whether, you know, whether it be in the big clubs or the small bars or the weddings or this or that or whatever, who knows what it could be. I mean, I'm not going to be in the clubs forever. I already know this. I mean, I'm already thinking of like other things that I can do, um, as a DJ, um, that, you know, if, cause it, my touring schedule has, you know, since the pandemic has, um, has dipped and I don't know if it's ever going to go back to what it was pre pandemic. Um, and so it is, it's making me think like, okay, well, if I'm not making the same income as I was pre pandemic touring, well, I got to fill that gap somehow. There's other things I could be doing as a DJ to, to, um, fill that, fill that space. So, uh, but as long as you know what you're doing, as long as you're focused on your music and your craft, um, there's so many different things that you can do and so many like avenues you can take it. So, uh, just be good, just be good at it. And, uh, I think that kind of goes with the whole pigeonhole thing. You pigeonhole yourself into one thing. And then once that one thing is over, you're kind of over with it. So. Right. Well, we just want to say thanks for taking the time to be on here with us today. We've kind of covered a lot. We There was stuff, you know, we wanted to talk about. And, uh, you know, we know there's tons of, you know, history with you. And for guys that, you know, are listening in the whole Dexstar era and all that. Yeah. But we wanted to talk a little more with you about, you know, you and, mm-hmm. and stuff. So uh, I know I've listened to a lot of the other podcasts. So if guys want to hear more from you, you've done Spiders podcast, I, I, maybe two episodes. Have you done two, two? So it's actually funny you said that. I, I was talking to Spider uh, before I was talking to you guys today. And I go, dude, it's almost been another year since our last podcast. And he just told me that uh, my podcast with him last year was the most listened to podcast for the year. On, oh, wow. Uh, on his, for That's his awesome. Podcast. So like, so I was like, yo, pick a date. Let's do another one. So should have another one coming up with Spider here. Uh, I would say probably within the next like month or two. So there's that. And you, um, were, you were also just on the fourth meal. You uh, yeah. shout out to those guys as well. Uh, yeah, I do that, I do that one pretty podcast. regularly. Um, so I'll probably be on another few uh, fourth meal episodes like in the coming like weeks and stuff. Uh, I've kind of like, excuse me. Um, they've been having me on a lot more. It's kind of like they'll just call me like want to do a pod today. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll be right down. So. It's uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah I was cool. like, I was like hanging out and talking, so it's chill. But uh, oh, we appreciate oh. this. Was yeah, good. we appreciate uh, it. the branding and all that stuff was just so so valuable. I think a lot of people get a lot out of it. So we appreciate you coming right. on. No, I appreciate it too. Yeah. And I just I just want to reiterate to people like these are things that work for me, you know. And so you know, you can agree with the things I say, you can disagree with them, take them in a grain of salt, whatever. You know, maybe you're just like, holy shit, like 
I never thought of that, whatever. But these are things that I've always, they, they always work for me. And so uh, um, I just want people to know, like, you know, people are going to do their thing their way. And um, I'm going to do things my way. And, uh, um, you know, but I wish everyone success. And I really just, especially, you know, like it, it, it was, it was tough for a lot of DJs for a while. And, you know, I want everyone to, I think, I think DJing is a really important part of life. Like yeah. not just me as a DJ, I think people who curate music for people like in the dance floor, in a club, in a restaurant, whatever, I think it's really important. There's that meme that always floats around. It says um, important people show you new music. And I think that is like, facts like yeah. and your your job as a dj is to not just play everything the same shit over and over and over that people hit but to to bring new music to the masses and things like that and so i think uh like my dad you know for years he was like that's not a real job that's not a real job <laughs> you don't get up at four in the morning come home at five at night and you know fall asleep on the chair to your tv dinner that's not a real job and um now he understands what i do um he gets it and um it is a real job and um yeah, uh, you, know, you should be you should be proud of uh you should be proud of what you do because uh you bring joy to a lot of people um and a lot of times when they're not in a good mood so yeah right right no uh awesome that's one of my biggest things i always want to preach to everybody is my dad said the same thing and that's half the reason we have this podcast is just so i can say my dad was wrong fuck him do what you love you can do this and you can be you know I'll, me I'm, I'm older as well and you know you can still do what you love and make some good money at it you know i don't think there's an age cap on this i will say this i've been making a living off of djing for almost 30 years like literally yeah. paying all my bills just off just off of djing yeah. for 30 years so um it, it is it's very possible and um i think uh the dj will become more of a um and a staple in the industry even in the years to come yeah i agree so, uh, yeah so do you guys have any like fire round questions for me <laughs> quick, answer, quick answer questions <laughs> no that was it I, no I that's it. this podcast that's was this is yeah, one of my too. favorite episodes yeah, in a yeah. while it's right. really really good was, congrats was, was on awesome. the wedding when is it february uh, next next month the 18th okay. or yeah, yeah the 18th yeah congratulations I, uh, yeah thanks it's yeah. uh coming fast it's the last year has been uh, a blur for me i had a uh me and drew you know we kind of went through the year together of, of High highs and and low lows. So uh, I had trust a good me, year. Man. Trust you know. me, man. I'm right there with you. I, I felt like I had a lot more lows last year, so I'm hoping for a better year this year. But at the end of the day, we're still here. And yep. that's right. It's uh, thing. Before we uh, jump off here, do you want to just tell everybody your socials? Anything else you want to promote? We know you got the the Patreon out there. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Anything else? I mean, honestly, like I pretty much jetted a lot of like I don't I don't mess with Facebook. Um, I'm um, I'm on Twitter. I don't tweet a whole lot. Uh, Instagram, both of them at fashion, uh, F-A-S-H-E-N. And then uh, my Patreon is uh, uh, patreon.com forward slash the latest fashion spelled E-N, F-A-S-H-E-N. Um, my website is also the latest fashion dot com. Um, you can see I did the kind of like the play on the, you know, the latest fashion and it. so it is it's like it's constantly updated everything that i'm doing whether it be images music just whatever it's the latest fashion so yeah. um but that's where you can find me and then um yeah and then my calendar is posted on on those places and uh please djs like if i'm in your market and you're not and you're off that night or whatever or even if um um you're around during the day like reach out to me um 
lately flights have been crazy. So like I got into Atlantic City at 1030 the other night and I was on the wheels uh, an hour and a half later and I was back out at 5 a.m. But on the days that I can make it out a little early, like hit me up if I'm if if I got some time I'm down, to, like get up and like grab a bite or whatever. And so, uh, yeah, I'm always down to like meet some new people and hang out and whatever. So. Love Appreciate it, 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 man. Dude, this is yeah. awesome. Opposite, awesome episode. So thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate it. And yo, Drew, thank you. I'm filling in for Drew in a couple weeks at Huntington Beach. Yeah. So uh, come on out and see me on the 31st at uh, Bungalow Huntington. I will. Yep. I promise to uh, do a good job for you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you'll kill it. And you're playing with uh, James Kennedy as well. Uh, this Thursday night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you going to come hang? No, I, I did. Uh, I opened for him the last time when he was at uh, Long Beach. Uh, Fill yeah, me in. <laughs> you'll kill it. <laughs> well, uh, I heard we, a little bit. I heard a little bit already. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll kill it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, the bungalows, Drew, uh, do you want to uh, announce that we're doing the thing yeah. on that Sunday? Um, yeah. It's the 21st. Um Right before NAB, we're going to be at uh, Bungalow Huntington Beach, and it's going to be Kevin Scott and Fusimania and myself. Yeah. So it'll be a good time. Yeah, I, might, I might just have to pull up to that. Yeah. Kevin, yeah. Kevin, uh, I, I'm sure we'll be we'll be sad that we're announcing it, but it is uh, his first time DJing in years. So oh, wow. he's he's got uh, he's got some shit. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. I think I might definitely have to pull up to that. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard Kevin played in a hot minute. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a fun one. Um, it's going to be a fun one. But – that's it. Uh, we appreciate you being on the show with us. And until next time, you. we'll talk to you guys later. Peace.